episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Joel Jimenez. What up, Joel? What's up, Nick Smith? Let's do this. <laughs> Indeed, sir. And uh, we have Jawan pending. Um, some kind of weird going on with the dash. Are you there, Jawan? Blinds up. He is not uh, currently. He's on the yeah, he's on the queue, but, like, I got something weird going on with the boards. Uh, it's, like, a behind-the-scenes for all of you who, who like, uh, don't, like, obviously uh, aren't aren't in the mix with us here uh, at uh, Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, we, I'm we here. We run our own boards here. There well, he is. he's there. Uh, so, so, yeah, we run our own boards. We we don't have a, a sound engineer doing the work for us. We're, we're fucking multitaskers up in this bitch. Uh, we're hands-on. Yeah, but uh, but Jawan is here. What up, Jawan? What's going on? Sorry about that. My delivery guy was super late, and then like he showed up like two seconds before the start of the show. That's called <laughs> great timing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, you know, at least it wasn't like he wasn't like five minutes after. Like he still caught the intro, so that's that's all good. Um, yeah, it worked. But out. anyway, we we got we got a fucking shit ton of news that dropped this week. Some very unexpected news. Uh, to start the show, uh, Eric Bledsoe uh, signed uh, a four-year, seventy million dollar extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. Very, very strange times, uh, you know, to see a, a contract extension um, signed. So, guys, what's your thoughts on Eric Bledsoe's uh, extension, both for him, for the Bucks, what this means for free agency, um, all of the above, uh, Joel? Well, you know, it's a good move for the Bucks, good move for Eric. Uh, I remember us talking about it last year when he got traded there and how much um, we, enjoy, we liked the move for him and for the Bucks. And um, mm-hmm. he didn't have a great year while, when he got there, but um, he's obviously bounced back, and he's definitely the best point guard in that division. And it's, um, it's, I'm happy for him because like, he was kind of like suffering in Phoenix for a long time, and now he's on a playoff team that has a legit chance of going to the Eastern Conference Finals. and. That's a hell of a swing <laughs> from seller to, yeah. you know, dweller, you know, up, up top. So it's like I'm, I'm proud of him. I'm glad. I mean, this this means the Bucks aren't looking for another point guard. This is their point guard of the future. They've made sure of that. They like him, obviously. Uh, the Bucks are definitely in a position to make some noise this offseason. I mean, um, this postseason. Um, and, you know, that's one less position they have to worry about, you know, freezing up because they focus on other things. Yeah, indeed. By the way, so you said he's the best point guard in this division. So I'm just going down the list of the other point guards in this division. And I'm like, Go ahead. yeah, no shit. You got Reggie Davis, Darren Collison, what, Chris Dunn, and uh, Colin Sexton. Uh, yeah. who, who would you say is the second best point guard in this division? Is it Ish Smith? Is he the second best point guard in this division? <laughs> Well, Reggie Jackson starts over him, so I guess I'll give it to Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd take Ish Smith over Reggie. Uh, they call me crazy. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Colin Sexton's got the potential, but um, he, he's yeah. definitely not there yet. Um, no, yeah, yet. that's crazy. That's a that's a terrible division of point guards. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, no doubt, dude. I think. He, he's definitely the cream of the crop in that division, like, for sure. <laughs> Jawan, what were your thoughts on uh, the extension for Bledsoe and the Bucks? 
I, I liked it. I mean, if you're comfortable with a guy and he's producing, um, then great. I'm glad they waited now because a lot of us thought last year, like, you got to get him out. Um, and just to see how much he's progressed this season with the team, it's great. I, I think if you're the Bucks, you want to lock up as many sure things as, as possible um, to mm-hmm. not only keep uh, Giannis engaged uh, heading into his, I'm sure, pending free agency unless they um, they re-up him before he has a chance to test it. Um, right. But this team, this team, I feel like this season, if they make it to the finals, I don't think it's it's a done deal Golden State wins again. Uh, the length that this team has is a problem. Uh, and if yeah. Giannis can put up big numbers like he has against Golden State, then I think this team has a real chance to take it seven games and possibly, who knows, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, this team is – it's weird because you just wouldn't think, like, yeah, this team, man, like, they're – they're <clears throat> like, the team that lost in the first round last year, um, you know, is, is going to be able to, you know, win a title this year. That just doesn't happen. It's, it's so rare. Um, but they – I mean, they do have all those intangibles. Um like I mean, it, I mean it's going to be tough just even getting out of the East, getting through the second and 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 second round in the in the conference finals. Um, but like you know, I mean they they definitely like you said the length, um, the way this team is just kind of constructed around Giannis, um, and and the fact that we've seen it, we've seen a large sample size now, and and dude, their defense is great, their offense is great. Um, they certainly seem like the most cohesive team uh, in the NBA right now. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, with that aside, I, I love the, the extension. Um, I will say this. Uh, I wish it was front-loaded. Um, he's, he's scheduled to make $15.625 million next season, and uh, it gradually goes up from there until it reaches uh, $19.375 million. Um, in 2022-2023, um, I, I would have rather seen it, uh, like, like reversed. So it, he was making 19 next year, 19.3 next year, and then 15.6 at the tail end and have it, it gradually going down for several reasons. One, because you're going to be looking at, um, you, you know, re-signing Giannis, which is going to inevitably – mean that you have to uh, go into that, uh, you know, uh, Supermax. Um, If there's any player out there that deserves a Supermax, it would be that guy. Um, So, you know, I I, I think as far as from a managerial uh, standpoint, that I think would have made more sense to me to do it like that way. Um, But, you know, I mean, regardless, it's good that they were able to, uh, essentially, like keep their starting point guard and not have him test uh, free agency waters in the off season, um, and it, um, that you know he got a contract that he is comfortable with, uh, and that's you know good news for him. So I think it's a win-win situation. Um, I think it's a good number. Like it's a number that Milwaukee can feel comfortable with, saying we think you deserve this number, and it's a good number for Bledsoe because though he might get more than that in the off season, he might get far less than that. Like there's a wide swing um, 
and this offseason is just so unpredictable that, you know, I, I think, I think, I, I just think overall, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it's a solid move for both parties. Um, but let's also, move on. We got another, go yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say also <clears throat> with guys like Bledsoe, uh, the thing is usually your, your current or your home team values you in their system a lot more than like someone else would, like, like you were just saying. Sure. So it's one of those things where it's just like, if the home team can give you money that you're comfortable with, don't test it by trying out the the, uh, the free market. Because um, right. when you try out the market and the bids are very low, your team will then try to lowball it. Um, so right. take, it, take advantage of it now. Yeah, I mean, we saw that happen with uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Um, you know, he turned down a pretty uh, – a, I think it was like a – like four-year, close to $80 million extension with Detroit to test the water, um, the waters, and we mm-hmm. see where that got him. It, it, it got him yeah. two one-year deals with L.A., and now, I mean, what what do you think he's going to get next year? I don't expect it to be very mm-hmm. much. Um, I think he so, really, yeah, for yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, we also saw that for um, – I just had the other person I was thinking of in my head, and now I forgot. Oh, oh there, there was Noel. Um, you know, he yeah, yeah. Uh, was was given uh, an extension offer, um, you know, right after he had gotten traded to Dallas. Um, I don't remember how much the extension was for, but it was a substantial amount. Um, and he ended up turning it down, taking his um, uh, uh, shit, what's it called? Um, qualifying offer. And then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, basically signing for close to a minimum deal with OKC this offseason. So it can backfire. And if you're not one of those cream of the crop guys and you get an extension um, in that, you know, 15 to $20 million range, chances are you should probably take that money, take it to the bank and be content with it. And, and, you know, don't, don't get too crazy trying to test those waters. Um, Cause it, cause it, We've seen too many examples of it not paying off, and those are just two. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely, Juwan. Uh All right, let's move on. We had another uh, little bit of news come out of Milwaukee. Um, so, Powell Gasol uh, reached a buyout with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, you know, his he, he's a lot older now. He, he's recording um, kind of the lowest minutes of his career, lowest points of his career. Um, and, you know, he just wasn't really – working out anymore uh in san antonio um so they ended up buying him out i think he uh basically he had like a six and a half million dollar um buyout on his contract next year he left i think about two or two and a half million of that on the table um so essentially the spurs i'm sure were thinking well we're not gonna you know we're not gonna pick up that 16 million dollar option next season uh we're gonna buy him out then uh, so if we can, you know, shave off a little more money off of that, good on us. And they were able to do that. Um, so that's smart, that's smart on their part. Uh, and you know what? For Pow joining Milwaukee, um, they have an obvious hole um, as far as you know, a backup uh, veteran, backup center. Uh, they obviously have Christian Wood, um, and I know uh, Joel. You kind of been high on wood throughout the season or at least you were early well, in the I, season i was yeah yeah they don't use them enough yeah I think he's pretty good right 
Um, kind of, kind of the same way I felt about Rashawn Holmes um, over in when he played in Philly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, you know, I mean, he is a guy who, who can give you minutes, and he could probably give you uh, more minutes than Gasol throughout the rest of the regular season. Um, but you know, veteran leadership, a guy who's won a couple championships, um, and just a guy. Um, you know, who can give you eight to 12 minutes a game. He's not going to complain about not getting a lot of minutes. Um, he can stretch the floor. His defense is, is not good. Um, it, you know, it's, it's not uh, anywhere close <laughs> to what it used to be. Um, and it's just not good. But you know what? Like, they have so many, like Jawan was saying earlier, they have so much length and, and, and so much – um, ability to play defense and athleticism in other positions that you can maybe counteract that. Um, and it's not like Brooke Lopez is known for his defense. So, you know, if you're backing True. him up, if you're, if you're giving the, the same kind of presence that Brooke Lopez is giving, um, they just want you to stretch the floor a little bit, get, get a few rebounds here and there, um, and be, you know, kind of a veteran leader, um, then it makes a lot of sense. I like the signing. I, at the very least, I don't think it can hurt. Um, and so, you know, that's that's the, the kind of signing that you want going into the playoffs, something that you know is not going to hurt your roster and chemistry and could end up being, um, you know, a nice positive factor, uh, you know, where he hits a big shot in, in a clutch moment and, you know, ends up getting you that extra win, um, you know, to keep you out of game seven or, you know, to win a game seven. So, um, yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, Juwan, what were your thoughts on uh, Pal signing with Milwaukee? I liked it a lot. I was really kind of hoping for him to play with his brother one last time before he uh, <clears throat> ultimately retired. Um, but I, mm. I like it. I mean, uh, I look at it as one of those things where it's like I don't need him to do anything spectacular. I need him to do – uh, all I need him to do is use his link. That's it. <laughs> so the idea right. of um, if him and Giannis are trying to double somebody down in the post, he has great length. That's that's it. Like I don't need. I don't even need ten points a game from you. It'd be great, but I don't need it. Just use your length. Um, you know, block shots, create fast breaks for the uh, the offense uh, from your defense. Defense ultimately is what I'm trying to say. Is all I really need Gasol to focus on that. In leadership, because you've been there, done that with the best guy to been there and done that with in Kobe Bryant. Um, so you know what it takes to win, and you know how to focus yourself uh, to winning, because we know Kobe accepted nothing less. Um, so I think this is a great move for them, uh, leadership-wise, as Joel was, was telling me, like, when it first happened. Um, and then the idea of just them being able to use his length. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, you're not going to get a lot of defense out of him. I mean, if you're, if you're, you know, if, if like you said, if if it comes down to it, and you know he's got to body somebody up, um, you know he's not going to be able to elevate and block shots. But if he can, I mean, imagine this scenario: you 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 throw it down to somebody in the paint, and they think, oh, I can just you know, like get right by Gasol or shoot over Gasol or whatever. He can't jump. Like Giannis is that ultimate weapon. That like if, if Gasol has his hands up and you're trying to shoot over him, boom! Out of nowhere, you know you got Giannis jumping from the damn free throw line blocking your shot. You know, so um, yeah. So there's various ways that you can implement him to uh, kind of shield um, his decline and lack of athleticism. Um, 
you know, pretty much due to old age. I mean, the guy's like 36 years old. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing you are going to get from him is he, he, at least that you would expect you would get from him, he's not going to make uh, mental errors. And so that's the advantage of having him over Christian Wood is that Wood, you know, obviously the more capable player right now, young player, has, has looked pretty good um, at times, but you, you can't afford mental lapses in the playoffs, and you should not get that from Pau Gasol. So in that sense, again, that kind of helps you. Um, Joel, what did you think about the signing? No surprising, and it happened so quickly. Like, they released him, and then he signed with the Bucks. It was like that was kind of plain. <laughs> it was weird. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, he wasn't he wasn't being used in San Antonio. I mean, he was there. He was help. Don't get me wrong. He was hurt a lot in San Antonio, and, and San Antonio mm-hmm. was obviously going in a different direction. And they decided to go and start um, Lamarcus Aldridge for most most of the time at center until recently. Um, and so they went in that direction. They played a little bit of small ball there in San Antonio, and Powell just couldn't really get into the rotation enough times. And uh, I guess to the point where Powell got, I guess, frustrated and said he wanted some minutes and uh, he felt like he could produce somewhere. And so he found a place in Milwaukee where he felt like he could be a veteran presence and hopefully get some minutes. He got some minutes last night and hopefully he gets a little bit more. And that doesn't need a lot. I don't think he needs to get too much. Um, But he's still like a good big presence on the floor. Like Jawan was saying, he's, he's super long. That team is super long to begin with, but, with Powell there, he's really long, too. And as long as you can give him a good five to ten minutes, I mean, you got a solid big there. They have a lot of stretch fours in, in Milwaukee off the bench between uh, Miritich and um, uh, Ilya Sova and DJ Wilson. They all kind of play the same position. None of them are really centers. They're more like big fours, stretch fours. Um, Powell definitely mm-hmm. adds some diversity. It gives them another big when they lost Thon. They traded Thon away. Uh, and like you said, Chris Wood's there, but they don't really use Chris very much, I guess. He's still young in their eyes, but I know um, there's a lot of potential in Christian Wood. He's just maybe he's another year away from being something uh, more productive. But as of right now, it, you can't lose having Powell on the roster, even if it's as some uh, as a veteran, uh, veteran presence, a voice in the locker room. You know, for a team that doesn't have many uh, playoff uh, experienced players. I do want to yeah, say, Joel. I mean, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Nate. No, I was going to say uh, Joel brought up something that, that frustrated me. Uh, he was saying that LaMarcus Aldridge sometimes plays the five. Do you remember, Joel, that was the exact reason why LaMarcus said he didn't want to sign with the Knicks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm no, sorry. that's exactly I just, why. Yeah. I, I just got really frustrated picturing him playing the five but didn't want to do it. I thought he's done. He's, he's yeah. played center yeah. most most of this year. Uh, he's played center. Uh, yeah, out of necessity. Because they really they have no backup center. He is really – Neither did we. total. They have Podol. We had no chance. Jakob Podol. Yeah. No, we didn't, <laughs> yeah. but, you know. Excellent the, the mix of the had, by the way. We had Dallenberg at the time. Oh, oh, we had Dallenberg. Uh, yes, we did have Dallenberg. I liked Dallenberg for the five minutes he was there, you know. You know I liked him <laughs> when he was younger. But, you know, he had a good couple of weeks there with the Knicks. <laughs> by the way, um, so I, I just got just a quick aside. Because um, I always love how, uh, Joel, I love how every time, like, a former Nick gets brought up, you're like, I liked that guy, you know? Like, it's, a, it's a recurring trend. It's a recurring trend with you. Um, and, uh, but anyway, I uh, I was listening to um, Zach Lowe's podcast today, um, and he had Jason Concepcion on there. So, um, oh, a dude who uh-huh. lives in New York and a lifelong Knicks fan. Um, so, uh-huh. he, you know, he basically – 
was like asking uh, Jason Concepcion, uh, like who who's that like that one guy uh, you know in in the you know from the last time the Knicks made the playoffs up until now um, that you're just gonna look back on in like you know several years from now and be like God I can't believe. I watched that guy play like 250 minutes. Like, I can't believe I followed this uh, guy and actually like invested time and in, like thinking he was like going to be anything, you know? Um, and uh, so Zach Lowe's pick was uh, Ron Baker, which makes so much oh, fun. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and uh, Jason Concepcion's pick was Alexi Shed. <laughs> and I was like, I liked Alexi I Shed. We, we should have never Shedd. lost Alexi so Shed. I was like, I like that that weird motherfucker. Yeah, I like uh, Shred a lot. I like Shred. <laughs> I still like Shred. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was funny because uh, Concepcion basically said, um, like. I, I've never seen a guy like move weirder on the court than Alexi Shred. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> all did, right, well. He was so unnaturally – he was, but he was good. He was so good. I was so mad we didn't keep him. You know, he went overseas, never came back. <laughs> like, yeah, well, if he never came back, he probably wasn't that good. Like, I'm just going to yeah, leave him. I liked him. Right, I liked him. Yeah, but I mean, you like everybody who comes through New York. Maybe excluding Ron Baker. <laughs> I like Ron Baker. He wasn't bad. He was not the best. Ah, <laughs> there it bad. is. Yeah. Hey, he was an effort guy. He he got he paid was. a, a two year, ten million dollar contract based solely on fucking effort. That was it. That was That's the only reason. Sure. Pure effort. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, uh, the segment made me laugh. It made me think of you, Joel. Um, but uh, but anyway. Let's uh, let's move on. Andrew Bogut, uh, after becoming MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the Australian, uh, I, I went like I didn't commit to that. I went like part like accent and then didn't go all the way. Uh, Australian, there we go. NBDL wow. uh, is expected to return to the NBA. The Warriors are reportedly the front runner to add him. Uh, has there been any progress on this that I? Uh, overlooked, Joel. Um, I assume this is uh, still uh, pending. I, I, I'm going to say still pending. I've heard, I mean, I've seen in certain places that it's pretty much a done deal. That he's already chosen the Warriors as his spot. But I haven't seen, like, gotcha. the main guys report it, you know. But I have, I have certain places have him already in there, you know. Okay, gotcha. Um, so let's just kind of treat this as um, as if it's it's highly probable then. Um, so he's right. probably going to join the Warriors. Um, I, I, I guess it makes sense, um, especially like for Andrew Bogut. Like, um, you know, I mean, if you're still of the caliber, I mean, granted, it's it's an Australian basketball league. It's not, um, it, you know, it, it's you, you got a lot of lesser talent there. But still, I mean, if he was able to be MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Um, that means the guy still has some talent. He's still got something to give. Much in the same way that I like the signing of Pau Gasol, I think it's a good move for any team to pick up Bogut. Um, I, I do find it kind of weird um, that, uh, you know, the Warriors um, would be picking him up because they just um, – I, I feel like they need a wing guy more. Uh, but, you know, nevertheless, I mean, it, I think maybe – 
they're thinking, you know, Boogie Boogie has not looked good defensively at all. Um, no. And so maybe, you know, it, it, you know, and that was always the thing. It was like, you know, is how much of a step is he going to lose? And he looks great on offense. Like, he really does. Um, he scores efficiently, um, and he, he, you know, essentially, um, you know, I, I think he had uh, like 25 points against the Sixers the other night. Um, granted, they didn't mm-hmm. have Embiid, so they didn't really have anybody to guard him. Um, this is but, true. Uh, Mike, Mike Scott guarded him half that game, by the way. Um, but, uh, but, but here's the thing. When Mike Scott was in, Boogie couldn't do anything. He couldn't get out no. um, to the three-point line, you know, to contest Scott. So, you know, that's the thing. Uh, so I think maybe that's kind of the logic behind it is, you know, they're thinking, well, if we need a defensive big presence, we don't have that. Um, all of our backup bigs are kind of undersized. Um, you know, we, we just don't have, you know, that big defensive big that you really want to have against certain teams. Um, and maybe, I mean, in that kind of sense, I can see it um, as to why, you know, they would be kind of looking to pick up Bogut. Not that he's a great defender, um, but, I mean, he's he's probably going to be better than what Boogie has been. Um, Did he win thus far defensive play of the year in Australia? The Australian League, whatever? Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's the Australian <laughs> League. So, um, this but, is true. You know, I mean, that still, that still does, you know, carry some weight. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think, I think the biggest thing is the pace is so much faster in the NBA. Um, it, so while you could get by with really solid fundamentals and just knowing the game as well as, uh, as Boca does, you obviously can't get by on that alone in the NBA. Um, but I mean, he's still going to be an upgrade. Uh, and you know, you have the connective factor that he used to play there. He knows all those guys. He's going to fit yep. right into yep. that locker room. Um, he was there before the, the dynasty started. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, no, he was there for the start of the dynasty. Yeah, um, exactly. The and, you know, the obviously, like, like Barnes. Uh, yeah, obviously had to exit stage left when they brought in KD. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so anyway, I mean, I think it, it makes sense, I guess. Um, I would have rather seen him go to Philly um, just because – you know, I, I feel like it's it's tough to trust um, both Embiid and Boban, their health in general. Boban, just because he's so fucking big and Embiid because of his history. Um, so it might have presented him, you know, more opportunity to play. Um, and it certainly would have, you know, down the stretch since both Embiid and Boban are banged up. Um, mm. But uh, but nevertheless, I mean, I, I think the more seamless fit will probably be uh, with a players he already knows, uh, a team he already knows, a coach he already knows, et cetera. Um, Joel, what did, what did you think about uh, – or what do you think about uh, Bogut uh, joining the Warriors probably? Yeah, um, I, I mean, it's good for him. Good for them, obviously. Uh, he's been there, done that with them. Uh, it'd be, it's a, almost a perfect fit. They Once uh, Damian well, – I think his name was Damian Jones. He was starting for a while there before yeah. the Marcus got healthy, and then he got hurt. Now he's out for the season, and Looney stepped in. And right. Now DeMarcus is healthy. He's starting. I think Looney's hurt, but he's only going to be out for, like, maybe a week or two. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and, they don't and have Bell a lot of quality. And Bell is playing well. 
in the last few games. Right, Jordan. I like Jordan Bell. He's a little small, but I like Jordan Bell a lot. Um, yeah. And it's just maybe that's maybe their future there as a big. But again, he's a short. He's a smaller big. Um, but so is Draymond, yeah. and that maybe you do need some size there, some length, and uh, a guy like Andrew Bogut, who they know is not a bad pickup. Like I would have obviously preferred him somewhere else, like like maybe the Spurs, uh, who can use another yeah. quality big man. But you know it, he's gonna go where he's more comfortable, and he's always talking shit about the NBA anyway. He might as well go somewhere he's com- you know knows him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean in in that in that way it does make sense. Uh, Juwan, uh, your thoughts? Uh, it's not a matter of if; it's when he goes to the Golden State. Um, it, it, it just it it makes the most sense. I always wanted Spate to come back to uh the Golden State. Um, uh, yeah, I, I did like him there, Maurice Spate. Yeah, uh, and then oh, Maurice Spate. Um, just the idea you know, purely okay. off of the fact that um he was able to develop a three pointer. Before three pointers yeah. became like a this huge necessity. Three pointer. Um, yeah, very yeah. consistent. Yeah, um, I thought right. I thought Spates could kind of come in um, to kind of help stretch things. Like if you know Draymond got in foul trouble, you could bring uh, Spates in. Then you have one through five that could consistently hit the three shot. Um, I just thought he would have been really good to to return to them now. But speaking about Bogut, um, Bogut's a, it's a Solid pickup. I mean, he can kind of help. I really, really, really like Bell, like a lot. Um, but the guy just the size isn't there. Uh, so, I mean, not yeah. much you can do for that. The effort guy. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that part yeah. he has. He's an effort yeah. guy. You know, like kind of Fareed and them. I was kind of hoping he could be a scrappy kind of guy. Center and you already got that guy. So right. It's right. like it's like because ideally you would want him to be like a Montrez Harrell on any kind of team. Um, but because you already have that in green, it's like if Montrose Harrell was on the Warriors, he would get so few less minutes because you already have Draymond Green. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, I just kind of wanted him to be a little bit more scrappier than he is. Um, but but back to both. More he, um, yeah, a little bit more scrappier. Um, <laughs> more scrappier, scrappier, damn it. Pick one. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, Pick one. No, uh, fill in the blank. <laughs> yeah, fill in the blank. There you go. Use, use your own imagination. Anyway, uh, no, but yes, Bogut is uh, a solid pickup, and I'm saying solid pickup because he is going to go back to Golden State. It's just, it, it, why, why not? Go back to the sure thing. Um, Bogut was always a good big, too. He was always a good center, yeah. a quality center. He was, a, yeah, he was fact, really a good player. Well, I fact, thought they had a good you know tag what? team like, in him and you know what pisses me off? What pisses me what? off about the, the retelling of the 2016 narrative is everyone talks about, you know, like Draymond's suspension, and everyone talks about, like, hey, well, Steph wasn't 100%. Like, almost nobody ever brings up that they lost Bogut in that series. And that, to me, was it fucking huge. Bogut did not play the last two games of that fucking series, um, and and like nobody ever brings that up. Like when they're like retelling, uh, like how Cleveland was able to make that you know amazing comeback, and it just gets lost in the mix. And I'm just like, dude, that's that's what y'all are dogging Bogut, dude. Like nobody even brings that shit up. <laughs> it's not even like, well, it's the fourth thing mentioned, and it maybe should be second or third. It's like no, it's like omitted. Like 
damn. I, I think I, I don't disagree with you. That that was a very big loss. But I think what shocked people more is um, how kind of just absent Steph Curry became. Um, to where it just was yeah, like, like, I mean, where, like, where, where, but that's that's been chronicled. I mean, he wasn't a hundred percent. I mean, he was right. he was hurt throughout this whole playoffs. Right. But I agree with you. Bogut yep. doesn't get talked about enough, but it was really good for that team, uh, especially in that playoff run and in those finals. Then when he went out, and then that was the same year Draymond got suspended, right, with the NBA yep. coach sub? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he, mean, he got suspended for too. game five, and then Bogut got hurt in game five and missed game six and seven. So after game four, they didn't have they didn't have Green in Game Five, and then they didn't have Bogut in Six and Seven. So they they were never a complete team for the rest of that series for for the last three games well, of the series. That it, it's hard to feel sorry for the idea of that, Nick. When like history no, dude, went on at all, for them, yeah, for them to go on to get Durant. So it was kind of just like, oh well, who cares about like that year? Cleveland broke through and won it. Like they won like the next two or three after. So who cares? <laughs> yeah, if anything, like I was, I was totally rooting for Golden State to win that series because I, I mean, I fucking loved watching uh, that team that year and Damn. even the the, the previous year. Um, but uh, I mean, looking back on it, I'm so happy that Cleveland won that series. Like I wasn't at the time, <laughs> but like looking back on it, I I am very happy that uh, yeah. um, that they won that series. The only the only thing that can make me um, like wish that Golden State had won that series is maybe if they had won KD doesn't go there. Um but I don't I don't know that that's a given. <laughs> like I I, like, I don't think so. I think it's yeah, more motivation I mean, there, for him to go, to, say, not to go there. Yeah, well and that's the thing. Who's to say? Because like no one knows exactly why KD made that decision because he's never really talked about uh, like he's never given the the, the, the God's truth, honest answer on it. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure we'll get it in some books, you know. 20, Other than it was an now. easy ring, I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> uh, I mean, Joel's yeah, not well, lying. There's he's that. not lying. Um, yeah, no, he's not. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm not. I'm not sure that that wouldn't have happened anyway. So, I, you know, the way it all played out, I'm, 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 I'm glad that Cleveland got got one and LeBron got one for Cleveland and all that. It's a a nice narrative. Uh, But anyway, let's move on. Uh, I need to talk about my dude a little bit more. Uh, We talked about him last week. Trey Young, man, uh, dude. So obviously we we were kind of finishing up the show uh, last week, Juwan. And, you know, of course I was, I was kind of gushing, but we were trying to get through it quick and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean he he's just been looking great since the All Star break, and then last Friday, dude goes off for forty nine points, sixteen assists, and eight rebounds, and the four overtime loss to Chicago. Um, dude, it, it's it's fucking crazy. Like I I get that it's four overtimes, um, but I mean he I don't remember how much he had at regulation. But he already had a shit ton at regulation. He had been hitting, just draining shots from everywhere on the court, the distrib- distribution. Um, now, of course, like ESPN dropped the stat um, that he is only uh, – he's in the company of only Michael Jordan and LeBron James of players, rookies who have ever had a 40-point, 10-assist game. 
Um, but mm. even crazier stat than that is he's only one of four players ever and the only rookie to ever have a 45-plus point, uh, point game, 45-plus uh, points and 15-plus assist game. Um, I, I, I know Isaiah Thomas in his time was another one of those. I forget the other two. Um, I think Robertson might have been one, big O. Um, but, uh, but yeah, dude, that's fucking crazy. Like, that, that's insane. Um, it's, the, the, the numbers he's putting up as of late have been crazy. Um, and then, come Sunday, we get the grudge match because um, Chicago did eke out the win in that game. And it was like it, – it, it, was, it was kind of bittersweet because I wanted to see us win that game because, you know – it, like Trey having such a crazy game, it's like fuck, dude. Like, let's get this win. Mm. Like I don't care about taking the pocket. Let's go. Um, but uh, but nevertheless, we, we did take the L. And then Sunday, he gets fucking ejected for staring at Chris Dunn. He got a second technical, and on that first technical, first of all, that double tech was bullshit. Um, like fucking Chris Dunn, like reached out and like fucking smacked him, and like he like like. Dude, like, Trey didn't do shit for the first one, and then all he did in the second one was stare at a guy who was walking away. He didn't fucking, like, he he wasn't even really staring him down. And then, like, you know, started walking off, and he gets teed up as he's running back to his bench. Like, it was unbelievable. I am not – I saw a lot of Hawks fans saying, like, refs are, you know, fucking uh, basically, like, you know, want Luca to win Rookie of the Year, and so you know that, they're trying to keep our dude from you know fucking uh, dropping fifty. Um, you know, yada yada yada. Well, slowly roll. It was the third quarter. He only had eighteen. Um, he probably wasn't going to even come close to forty nine again. Um, but nevertheless, like I'm not a conspiracy theorist. So I don't think that had anything to do with it. But that is a whistle happy ref that like that. There ain't no fucking place for that, dude. Like. This ain't even – you're talking about two tanking teams. Like, why the fuck are you blowing a whistle like that um, and getting a guy ejected from the game? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, so, anyway, props to Trey on dropping 49 um, and uh, being the first of he and Luca to achieve the 40-point the club. Almost done achieve the 50-point club. I would have been even way happier for that. Um but uh, but yeah. Uh, also, that that call was just fucking bullshit. Uh, Joel, your thoughts on Trey's uh, you know, big forty nine point game, uh, and then you know, subsequently getting getting ejected on Sunday's game. Um, well, man, Trey Young has been on fucking fire since All Star break. I think he's been like, I think what, I think it was two hundred six points he's had since like the All Star break. He leads the league like, since the All Star break. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, uh, the man is on fire. How many assists is he averaging against his all-star break? Because it has to be oh, like near ten, at least near ten. Because I think he's averaging for the season like almost eight, if not eight. Um, it's oh, man. Um, look, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for the Hawks. I'm happy for the Eastern Conference. Because at one point, I'm like, damn, he gave Lucas to the West. That's fucking bullshit. I was so mad. <laughs> like. At least you know it looks a little more even now. Trey's in the Trey's playing his ass off. Uh, he's definitely um, sneaking up behind Luca. I still think it's Luca's uh, you know 
it's Lucas, Lucas uh, title to lose, but Trey's definitely making uh, making it hard to to say uh, to definitively uh, Luka Doncic uh, rookie of the year. Um, but yeah, that that whole fucking thing that happened the other day with him getting ejected, I'm like that's such bullshit. They should definitely think about changing the rule and giving them maybe another technical before an ejection because that's some bullshit. Like the littlest thing you get teched up for. Uh, maybe you have to instead of like getting ejected, you have to automatically sit down, but not get ejected. That's some bullshit. You know, uh, I think yeah. they really got to check that out. You know. Yeah, like I, I, I feel like. You give him a warning or something. Like walk over right. and talk That's to what him. I'm like, saying. Oh, you, you do that again. Like, like I'm going to tee you up, and then you're going to be out of the game. So don't like, right. don't do that again. Something like right. that because like it it just came out of nowhere, and it, like you could even see like you could see Trey like really like are you fucking kidding? Yeah, me? Yeah. Like you're kicking me out of the fucking game. Um, yeah, it, it soft, honestly like it, kinda, shit, man. it really reminded me of um. Uh, when Tim Duncan got ejected for laughing, <laughs> like uh-huh. I was like, don't get me wrong. That's the first thing I thought of when it happened was like, oh, like fucking he Tim Duncan just fucking laughing, and he then Jerry Crawford just like te- double yeah, teeth. Jerry Crawford hates like, Tim. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was one of those things. Oh man, yeah. so, those are good days. But <laughs> but yeah, dude. I mean, it it was lame. It it was super fucking lame. Um, but yeah, I mean. As far as the the rookie of the year debate, I yeah, I mean, I still think it's Lucas to lose. He's had the more consistent season, but like Trey, yeah. Trey's yeah. stats are starting to creep up there. His he's only two percent behind now in three point percentage, two percent behind in, in total field goal percentage, um, and like way way ahead uh, in a well, not way ahead in assists. He's he's two assists ahead, which is a considerable amount. Um, and, uh, and, and he's, uh, Trey is now third, uh, in assists. And I think he's only, he's only like a handful of assists out of second place. He's not going to get first cause Russell's got that, uh, Russell Westbrook got that Russell's a lot. Freak. Um, That's why. yeah, <laughs> but, um, but he's, he's only a handful of assists out of second place. I can't remember who has it off the top of my head. Um, but, uh, but I mean, he's, he's knocking on that door now. Um, he, he just passed Ben Simmons. Uh, for third place, um, that's crazy for a rookie to be posting those kinds of assist numbers. Um, and true uh, uh, holiday has more than percentage. him. He's second. Yes, that's right, holiday. But he's close. He's really close to he holiday. Is. And like, he um, he's like uh, eight, eight, eight behind. Eight behind. Yeah, I, like yeah. I think he'll probably make that up, honestly. Because um, I mean, holiday's not even really their kind of go-to. Um, like playmaker, right? Well, he's been kind of forced in that role because of Alfred yeah. Payton's up and down play and injury status and all that. Um, right. But I mean, he he's not, you know, he's definitely not the the, the go to for that for that 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 team. At least he's not supposed to be. Um, right. But yeah, like so, I think he could probably end up second uh, league wide in assists. And cool. uh, yeah. he's he's shooting like nine percent better from the free throw stripe uh, than than Luca, so that's big too. Like I mean, that's that's uh, that's a that's a big number, nine percent. Um, so uh, so yeah, I mean, he's making the argument, um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's got to get those he's got to get those percentages to creep up. Um, he's got to continue to play great down the stretch. He didn't have a great game against Miami the other night. Um, but I think yeah. he can do it. I he like, did. you know, like a week ago, I would have said, nah, it's, and I did. I said, nah, it's, it's too much ground to make up. 
I don't know anymore. Like, I mean, if he has a couple a couple more games like he did against Chicago, like it's going to further that conversation. And I think bottom line is going to be like, what are their stats at the end of the year? Um, Because Mm -hmm. Trey will have the hot hand going down the stretch. If he keeps this up, the argument for Luca will be, well, he's been doing it all season. But if that, if that's the argument, well, Luca has been doing it all season, but then Trey's numbers are just as good, like down the line, as far as percentages Mm -hmm. and everything else. And then he's shooting 9% better from the free throw line. That makes a really it makes it hard to implement the argument of well Luca's been doing it all season. It's like well if you've right. been doing it all season and you're saying Trey started off like kind of slow but their numbers are equal then like what's the real argument here? Um, so yeah, I mean it's just it's crazy to think that this is even debate after the first half of the season, um, but it is. It's a legit debate and yeah, I I, I gotta say like. Um, I ain't even fucking worried about that Dallas pick anymore. Like, I, a lot of my fellow <laughs> Hawks fans are worried because Dallas is straight up fucking tanking now. A um, bunch of pussy-ass yeah. motherfuckers. Uh, and trying now. to keep that pick. Um, yeah. And I'm not even worried about it, man. Like, if they keep the pick, they keep the pick. I don't fucking care. Like, I mean, I'm just – I'm happy with where our team's at. I'm happy that – I know we're going to get a top pick to go along with what, we, what we're building now. Um, future looks mm-hmm. bright down here in Atlanta. So – uh, I'm I'm pumped about it, uh, but uh, I could go on about this, you know, I, and I don't need to. We we got to get through some more topics. So, uh, Jawan, what are your thoughts? Uh, what or you know, what did you think about uh, Trey's 49 point uh, gym? And uh, what, what were your thoughts on him getting ejected uh, in Sunday's game? Well, first I want to start off by saying huge shout out to my boys Zach Levine balling his life out in that uh, four-overtime game also. Earning that um, contract. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I told you guys yeah, before yeah, I was a yeah. huge fan. Huge fan of Zach Levine. And that, that roster isn't looking bad at all. Maybe no, it's a different roster. But that roster is not looking bad. Yeah. Yeah. Porter, yeah. Levine, so, marketing. I like that, it. Carter. Yeah. Jesus. I that think, might be my I, favorite I think, lineup next year. Dude, I y'all know I said like I really, really, really want the Kings to get Porter. I been I was saying it for like three months leading up to the trade deadline, and then Chicago yeah. snuck in and got him. And you know they did mm-hmm. they did get uh, Barnes, but he's been kind of struggling. Um, I would I would have so much preferred if they had been able to get Porter, and that and you're seeing exactly why with the Bulls. I mean he he's yeah. completely yeah. changed the whole dynamic of that team. I was bragging about his defense last week. Like he's one of those kind of quietly, um, very underrated defenders. Um, I think, I think with uh, his age and and the fact that Chicago will probably be a better team next season, um, and sort of Draymond's decline, because um, Draymond's gotten mm-hmm. progressively worse um, the last yeah, four or five had, years. Um, yeah, he's not had a good yeah, season at least either. It, yeah, and I, I'm still I still got him on my second all defensive team, but I think this might be the last year that Draymond makes an all defensive team. I could see, I, in fact, I expect to see Otto Porter Jr.'s name on a, on a, one of those all defensive teams next year. I would be surprised right. if we don't, because um, he's that fucking good. He's like sneaky, quiet good, but he's good. The Bulls will uh, have a chance at John Morant. 
Yeah, exactly. If they get if they get a guy like Ja, man, um, that could you know be the kind of thing that changes their franchise around. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do question though. I, I worry about the the backcourt defensive tandem of of Ja mm-hmm. and Levine. Um, <laughs> like obviously, you'd rather you'd rather have a point guard like a Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's like six foot six and like can guard you know bigger players and everything. Right. Um, whereas yeah. Jaw's six three. Um, but I mean, obviously you're not going to fucking turn your nose up at Ja. Like, I mean, he's, he's going to be yeah. a very fucking good NBA player. He's still number two on my, my big board right now. Uh, but anyway, and, Juan, and, uh, I'm sorry. I kind of cut you off there, but yeah, uh, your thoughts, uh, or if you want to finish any sort of shout out that you were giving to Levine <laughs> and, uh, your thoughts <laughs> on, uh, Trey's, Trey's night and then getting suspended. No, that was it. I just wanted to remind our listeners, like, I'm not hopping on Levine's train. Uh, I was talking about him before when I think it was either you, Nick, or Luke that was saying he shouldn't have gotten that contract. Um, I was well, I still a lot of us were contract. Yeah, I didn't yeah. really like on that contract. But, either. I mean, I, I, there's a difference between he shouldn't have gotten that contract and the bull shouldn't have matched that contract. I don't think I said the bull shouldn't have matched it. I just said that he's not quite worth it, <laughs> which I don't right. I still buy that. He's he's a total defensive liability. Yeah. Fair enough. Definitely put but some good numbers, keeps, though. As long, I was about to yeah. say, as long as he keeps balling offensively, no one will care. Um, yeah. Hey, you know uh, what? I was. I, let me say this just real quick. I was first on the Levine train because I remember posing the question over a year ago, should the Timberwolves have kept Levine and traded Wiggins? And all y'all motherfuckers said no. And I was the one posing that question, saying I think they probably should have. And well, yeah, I, probably in hindsight, they probably should have. I'll stand by that because at that time you wouldn't like it's it's so hard to believe that Wiggins plays as if he does not want to play basketball. Like it seems like he's I'm there saying, because he has to be. Because um, <laughs> I tell you what, if Wiggins is engaged, I'm taking Wiggins because he has the full package. Length, size, like he has the full package. I'm still taking him yeah. over Levine if he buys into playing basketball. Man. But if yeah, that's how big right it is. now. Then yeah, Levine. It, yeah. it is a huge. Uh, difference. That's what I'm saying. It was one point. I'm saying. Then. I'm saying, I'm saying you could have maybe bypassed all the Jimmy Butler drama, um, and you probably yeah, wouldn't probably have been having to give up that number seven pick. If you were including yeah, Wiggins in that deal, you probably like Chris Dunn and Wiggins. For for Jimmy Butler, they probably would have been like, yeah, that we're good. Like we'll take that. Because the, the, the market was still either. really high on Wiggins at that point. <laughs> he hadn't gotten that fat contract extension. Like he was still on his rookie deal. He still had all this promise. Like and like, I mean, you might you might have still had to give up Butler, but maybe you have Markin in at that point or somebody else with that number seven. Fair mm-hmm. enough. So like, I um, I, I just. I think that would have been the smarter move, obviously in hindsight, but I, I you know, obviously I kind of thought it, you know, a, 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 at least a while back, you know. Fair enough. I, I don't disagree with that at all, but um, I, I will say is Trey, this kid, what I love about him is, is his willingness to shoot from just wherever he feels comfortable. Um, I remember when Steph Curry made that shot uh, against OKC, in overtime, yeah. like I remember everyone yep. thinking, like that was the most insane shot ever. Yep. But now Trey Young just does it on average. Like Trey Young is just like, 
I, I'll do you one better. Like, I'm, I'm going to go from the logo and just shoot this with ease. Um, so just the, the range that this kid has. He's going to be – I tell you what, he's, I feel like Trey Young in two, three years tops will be one of the game's best closers um, because he's just unguardable because his, the, the idea that a guy can shoot from that far comfortably is insane. Um, but as far as the, uh, the, the ejection, uh, Joel was kind of, uh, talking about this a little bit before. I think the one thing that, uh, the NBA should be able to challenge in game, um, is ejections because I've seen so many times after the game, like the NBA will come out and go, no, that wasn't really a finable offense. or that wasn't really an ejectable offense, but that does mean no justice for that game we just lost. Yeah. Like, I need something that will make up in-game. So I think ejection should be um, should be reviewed, mainly because I think what sports sometimes forget is that referees aren't robots. So, like, they hold grudges. They take things personal. They don't like when you don't listen to them. They don't like when you show them up. So they do things like that. So, and I'm not saying it necessarily was the case in, in that situation, um, but we've seen players stare down like a thousand times. People get get dunked on and then stare down people. Giannis does it yeah. every dunk that he does. So it's not like Trey <laughs> yes. Young is doing something out of the ordinary. Um, right. I mean, shoot, if that referee was was refing that uh, Durant Westbrook game when, when they first played each other with Durant going back to, I mean, with Durant, oh yeah, uh, yeah, going back to OKC, they would have both been ejected in the first ten minutes. I mean, that that was nothing yeah. but stare downs and, and jawing. Um, yeah. So to me, I feel like what the league needs to understand is fighting has become something that is just so rare because a lot of these guys are friends. So it's like you're not going to get the, the Nuggets versus the Knicks. You're not going to get anything like that. Um, you're going to get guys that are irritated with each other and jaw. You know, if one guy hits a dagger, he's going to stare him down. That's part of the fun. We like to see that. Same as in baseball. If a guy hits a home run, uh, that's that's a walk off, or even if you know he hits a home run to tie, I want to see him stand there, hold the bat in the air, and then flip it. Like flip it's part of the excitement. Yeah, it's part of the excitement of the game. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Y'all are so new age baseball. I'm like old school. I'm like that's kind of bush league. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. Because to me, it doesn't take anything away from it. And kids nowadays love the idea of of adding it's insult true. to injury. That like they thrive off of it. It's really weird, yeah, but true. it is sometimes really fun to watch. Um, so I mean, I, yeah, I, just, I don't know. I just mean, as you, expect expecting next guy to come up to get the ball thrown out of his head. I mean, that's that's yeah, what that gets you, though. Fair mm, enough. True. But I will say, no, NBA. Really one thing too. I want you to look at. <laughs> Think about this. Trey Young got ejected for um, for staring someone down. But that entire Clippers-Lakers game, what Patrick Beverly was doing, I felt was somewhat <laughs> ejectable. Um, so yeah. if that wasn't an issue, I, I don't see how Trey Young should be ejected. So I think the NBA should work in the ability for coaches to, um, to challenge ejections to the sense where they make a phone call, whether it's to, to Silver or to headquarters, whatever, and someone just kind of goes, I, I think you should calm down. Like, that wasn't really a, uh, a ejectable offense. Bring them back, talk to them a little bit, calm them down, keep the game going. Because to me, nothing's right. worse than seeing an exciting game 
or a potential exciting game, and then the best player or most exciting player is ejected. So, yeah, absolutely. By the way, if it wasn't evident enough that the the Bulls are like hardcore tanking, uh, they ended up still losing that game after Trey Young was ejected. Um, like. Yeah. They, there, there's a couple teams out there that are hardcore tanking right now. Uh, the Bulls, the Mavericks, and um, uh, who else? There's one other team. Um, we're so high. We're so no, no. Actually, it's, it's yeah. I mean, but the thing is with the Knicks, like y'all just don't have anybody. Like y'all just fucking y'all got a bunch of fucking young dudes. Rookies. Like yeah, like I mean that's, that. And so like you're you're not you're not throwing games. In, in that sense of tanking, um, or like, or or, or, <laughs> or like managing, or, or managing your lineup such that you know you're not playing, um, you know your best guys. You're just your right, best guys right. are just young. I hear, I hear they're they're not good yet, right. you know. So right, like, right. yeah. So like, I. Uh, but no, that oh, fuck. There was one other team, and now oh, uh, 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 no, no. Well, those would be the, those would be the main two. Um, uh, Cleveland. That that that's who I was fucking thinking of. Um, they've been fucking tanking all scrappy. Season. They've been fucking playing it's scrappy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they've been playing shit lineups all year. Uh, but um, they really have. Though. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and I know they had Kevin Love out and all that. But like, they've been fucking. They like. I mean, fuck. J.R. Smith even came out and said it. Was like, this motherfucking team is tanking. I don't want to be a part of this motherfucking team. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, at home right now. It, yeah, and, and you could probably you could probably argue Phoenix, um, simply because like Phoenix should be fucking better. But um, I think Phoenix mm-hmm. has a multitude of problems, uh, <laughs> mainly Robert Sarver. Um, by the way, I, I don't know if y'all saw it. But, uh, ESPN dropped a, a, a an editorial on um, how bad Robert Sarver is as an owner, and I was like. Man, everybody would be trashing James Dolan, but James Dolan hadn't had any involvement in the basketball operations in like three or four years. And like, like people need to start talking okay. about fucking Robert Sarver, dude. That motherfucker. Yeah. Like, if you read that article, like he is like eviscerated in that article because like it just like form like they, they didn't name names, but there were former players, former coaches. Uh, assistant coaches, uh, people who worked in the front office, like they all had a common narrative about him. And it was basically like he wants to tell you how to do your job, how you should fucking be doing your job. They even cited an example of him uh, going to like a, um, like a, a, a very high-class restaurant um, at, at, at some point in a season and like calling the owner of the restaurant over and trying to tell him how his restaurant should be better. And it's like, God <laughs> damn, how like, how much of an entitled asshole do you have to be to like do that kind of shit? You know, like, I guess that's just like billionaire syndrome, like that, like none of us get like, cause obviously none of us are there uh, or ever will be, but that's fucking crazy, dude. Like, I mean, if, if you don't like a restaurant, just fucking don't go back. Like, you don't fucking call the owner over and be like, I think this is how your restaurant should run. Um, and, like, so apparently he does that same type of bullshit with everybody in his organization. Um, so, uh, yeah, quit. Everybody, quit fucking dogging on James Dolan. He didn't have shit to do with the fucking team anymore. 
um, like with the, the inner workings, the ins and outs of it all. He just fucking owns the well, motherfucker and lets everything else go. So, well, I mean, he, he, I, I don't disagree with you, Nick, but I do also want to put out there, like everyone, yes, leave him alone, but still urge him to sell the theme. Like I, I still want that out. Oh there. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I, I, <laughs> but here's the thing: the only reason he should sell the team. Um, or that as a like a Knicks fan or anything else is the reason you would want him to sell the team is because of the perception that he had already built because of his early right. involvement with the team. But he doesn't do any yeah. of that shit anymore. So it's like no, it, still you, sell it. you know, like it, yeah, no, I got <laughs> you. I I totally agree. I'm just saying, like you know, he's built a perception that he cannot overcome. But nevertheless, right. it's 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 like. There, there are way worse owners than James Dolan. Like, I mean, I, I completely I agree. Could, I could run you off five right now, uh, and and you know what? In that group, would right now would be Jeannie Bus, um, because uh, <laughs> that fucking Lakers team ain't looking mm-hmm. great, and she's got some uh, some shit to answer for, uh, you know, with that. But anyway, mm-hmm. let's move on. That'll kind of kind of be a slight transition into our next subject. The Western Conference playoff picture. Um, Well, I guess we might as well fucking start with the Lakers. Um, The Lakers are not going to make the playoffs. Let's try to keep this quick. I feel like we've talked about the Lakers every episode for the past, like, month. Um, And they're becoming increasingly, um, you know, uh, nothing to talk about because – I mean, yeah. Well, they've been that, um, but it was kind of fun to talk about the the train wreck and like watching the train wreck. Well, like the train wreck has like officially happened, and and now like people are dead, and no one wants to fucking talk about dead people. <laughs> you know, like that's that's where I went with that analogy anyway. Um, but like, dude, uh, yeah. I mean, two things. One, like Kyle Kuzma has to shove LeBron. To like go out and defend somebody, um, like that. I mean, that was that was clearly um, like Kuzma just being like, "I don't give a fuck." Like, go defend, motherfucker. Like, go, like try, fucking try. Like, you're just standing there, um, and, and you know, like that's saying a lot. Um, and and you know what? Props to fucking Kuzma for not like. If there's one guy, one of those young guys on that fucking team who I feel like has the balls to kind of be like somewhat challenge LeBron, it's Kyle Kuzma. Um, he's got that grit, whatever you want to call it. He's got it. Um, and so props to Kyle Kuzma. Um, been a been a big fan of him. Um, you know, I, I I still kick myself for having him rated um, as low as everybody else did um, in that draft. Like that's. We all missed on you, Kyle, um, and you're proving us all wrong constantly. Um, that's just another example. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that and then um, uh, Carmelo Anthony just being like, um, <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I want to go play there. Like, and, and, you know, it's smart for Melo because, you know, like, if he went there now, he'd be locking himself in. Um, whereas, you know, let's say, <laughs> oh no, no. And you know what's funny? Uh, I, you haven't been on um, 
last couple times we talked about this, Joel, or at least maybe you were one, but there was one thing I was going to bring up specifically with you on the show was um, I was, I'm really fucking glad that he didn't join, um, that they didn't bring him on the team right after the all-star break because all of those losses would have been Carmelo Anthony's fault. Like yes, you know easily. it more than anybody because you were you were like the fucking screaming on from a mountaintop. The Rockets losing games is not Carmelo Anthony's fault. Like, um, like, and nobody was fucking listening, including myself. Like, uh, so like I gotta I gotta like, kind of eat crow on that one and, and say you know you were fucking right. Um, but yeah, like he would have been, he totally would have played the scapegoat there, um, and nobody would have been talking about LeBron's fucking defensive effort and all that. Um, so like, luckily that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, smart for Carmelo because you know he's he's got 16 teams who are going to make the playoffs, and maybe he just joins a team like going to be a lock for the playoffs, and you know can actually help um, in the playoffs or at least be on a playoff team. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I, again, can't picture any team picking him up, but it would be better to wait and just maybe just not even play for a team than to go to the Lakers and catch all this fucking heat for no fucking reason, um, especially at this point in time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those those two things are saying a lot uh, when, it, when a sophomore player has to um, shove your best player, uh, you know, to try and engage them to go make a fucking effort play on defense, uh, and then Carmelo Anthony doesn't, you know, want to join your team. Um, but anyway, uh, just quickly, uh, we'll kind of go around the table on this. Anything you want to add on, on the Lakers and their, um, you know, ultimate demise, Juwan? Uh, yeah. Um, first of all, the Lakers should sit LeBron, tank, try to get that top ten uh, pick or even uh, yep. put yourself in a position for a possible top five, um, that would be the smartest thing to do because it'd be another asset you have to move in case you want to go get Bradley Bill or Anthony Davis. Um, as far as um, Carmelo Anthony, the Lakers, I mean, you have to kind of look at Palenka in, uh, in uh, Magic because I kind of feel like if they had Melo around the time where, like, LeBron was out all that time during injury, he could have maybe possibly helped him win games. Again, maybe. revisionist history, but, it, you know, looking back, they weren't good without LeBron. Like, they were the same team they were last year. Um, so Carmelo Anthony wouldn't have made them worse. So you trying to sign him now, if I'm Melo, I'd be offended. I'd be like, no, you want me to help you clean up this mess that you made? You should have gotten me like a while ago where I could have been more effective to sure. help you win games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think he would have helped them win those games. Um, but I will say this. Um, his his defensive effort couldn't have been any worse than what you were getting from LeBron. So, uh, well, well, when I say that, Nick, I say that in the essence of in these games that they lost, they weren't hitting shots. And, I mean, you look at it and you kind of go, well, Melo's best thing is hitting shots. I mean, he hasn't been that was, great with the Rockets and OKC. Right, right, right. But you would hope all the time he's had off, uh, he's been putting in a lot of work to change the idea of that. And I think the Lakers would have allowed him to be who he is, um, kind of have LeBron put him in situations for open shots or, or, or maybe in positions down low. I do think his, his scoring could have helped 
puts them in a better position to win games. How does that sound? Rather than he would have helped them win games, put them in a better position to win some of those games that they should have just won uh, regardless. Maybe. I, I'll i give you that. I'll give you a maybe. Um, my biggest problem with that is, is they want to be a, a, a run-and-gun team, and Melo's not that. Like, he is a – like, you know where no. Melo would fit in best is if Memphis was in the playoff picture. And he could go be in Memphis with that kind of slower pace, and they could feed him in the paint maybe six to ten times a game, and he could get up shots um, and, and post people up and, and play that kind of way, like his game. Um, but that's the kind of team that he needed to be on. He's not a – He's not a, 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 a pace team. Like, he's not um, – like, everybody wants to play, like, the seven seconds or less Suns nowadays, and Melo's just not that guy, especially at his age. Um, and, and the you know, the Lakers are, are one of those teams. That's how they've been playing all year. Um, so, I, I don't know. I don't know that he would have really helped. Um, maybe it, – it depends how maybe if they could have constructed their second unit to run differently. Um, and maybe they could have. Maybe, maybe they had no – Tension to do that. Um, I don't know. I think I think this thing is a is a top to bottom thing because um, I agree with you. I think uh, I think first and foremost the blame needs to be on Magic and Palinka, um because they hadn't done um, they did not put the necessary talent around uh, around LeBron. Um, so I think that's first and foremost. Um, and you know, I mean, whether whether or not LeBron was involved in those decisions, of course, I mean, they they said that LeBron would be involved in in, in you know major decisions, free agent decisions, and things like that. Um, so, I mean, I would take them at their word there um, and say that he did have some involvement. Um, but I I don't think these were any of these people were necessarily the right moves. Um, <clears throat> the fact that they didn't keep Brook Lopez, the fact that they didn't keep Julius Randle, the fact that they traded. Avicii Zubats um, for Mike Mascala. You know what? It's funny because that almost screamed to me, man, we kind of fucked up with all these moves. Like, you know, can we, can we get like a a, a four spacing center? Who's available? Mike Mascala. All right, let's try to get him. They, they want us to give up Zubats. Uh, Well, I mean, we're not, we're not going to re-sign him next year because we're going to, we're going to get a big name free agent. Uh, so yeah, just fucking trade him. And it's like, dude, you don't know that you're going to get a big name free agent next year. Not to mention, like his cap hold will be so insignificant, you could get the big name free agent and then fucking re-sign him after you get the big name free agent and keep him. He's been your best center all fucking year, and then you trade him for Mike Muscala, like who's right. definitely not going to keep next year. Like Go it Lakers. made no fucking sense. None of their moves have made any fucking sense. So that's the first and foremost. Luke Walton deserves a heavy share of the blame as much as I hate to say it because I think Luke Walton is a good coach. I agree. Um, I agree. But he, his his lineups have not made sense. Um, None. The other night when they were playing Phoenix, down the stretch, he did not have Reggie Bullock in the game. And I know Reggie Bullock isn't a great defensive player, but nobody on that team is. And Reggie Bullock shoots 40% from three. And instead you had Rondo in who can't shoot dick for three-pointers. Um, and then you had KCP in, who is the most, like, high and low fucking three-point shooter, like, in the league. Like, that dude will miss 17 threes in a row, and then he'll shoot, like, you know, 9 of 11. Uh, but, like, dude, he's he, he's 
so wishy-washy. Um, like the, the fact that you didn't have like probably at least on paper your best three-point shooter in the game, uh, at, you know, closing out that game, that that didn't make a whole lot of fucking sense to me. Um, there, there's just like a lot of little things like that with Luke. Um, and then, you know, obviously LeBron's defensive effort has been a thing. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think, I, I don't think, I think maybe we've focused on that a little more than necessary. Um, because if you had the right pieces around him, it wouldn't be as big of a deal, but because you don't, and you need that from him and he's not giving it to you, then it becomes a big deal. But I think another thing, obviously, you can't overlook is whether LeBron's involved or not involved or any of that, who fucking cares? Rich Paul is definitely involved, and him making the whole AD trade public has not looked good. And the funny thing is, it doesn't seem to have affected the younger guys. They're all playing pretty fucking well. But, it, it like, LeBron uh, – I'm sorry, not LeBron, Rondo, uh, it pissed him off, I think. Uh, it it t- pissed Lance Stevenson off. Uh, it pissed Beasley off, so they fucking shipped him out. Um, like, these veteran guys who were on one-year deals, and the whole thing was they're like, okay, I'll go to the Lakers. We'll make a run with LeBron. I'll have a good season. I'll get paid next year um, somewhere else. Like, I, I'm sure that was their whole train of thought. And now it's like, fuck, we ain't even making the playoffs. They haven't incorporated me on this team well. Like, I haven't had the season I thought I was going to have. I'm not looking at a good contract next year. This fucking sucks. Like, so they're all pissed. Um, whereas, you know, these rookies, whether they get traded or not, they know what they're making next season. Um, so, you know, they're just, they're just playing basketball. Um, so uh, it, that's kind of been the funny thing is, like, all the young pieces that were rumored in the trade aren't the people who, who have seemingly been as affected by it as all of the necessary contract filler of all those one-year guys. Um, so interestingly enough, that seems to be the thing that, that's fucked him over. But anyway, God, I'm rambling about the fucking Lakers again. Damn it. I told myself I wasn't going to do that again on the show. Um, anyway, Joel, just wrap us up here. Uh, anything you want to add? Lakers suck. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. So, uh, let, let's, let's get into some other, uh, Western conference teams here. Um, Joel, you had mentioned that uh, New Orleans wants to make a playoff push, right? Uh, I don't know if they want to, but they might do it by accident because they keep winning games, and they look pretty good. <laughs> they do. <laughs> uh, they, uh, I was, you know, they were my pick in the beginning of the season. And I, oh, I still believe if they were healthy. They probably would have made that. They, you know, at least fought for the eighth seed. Um, right. And they're, they're showing it. You know, they're finally healthy. Unfortunately, fucking uh, uh, Anthony Davis only plays maybe three quarters of the game, but even in the three quarters of the game, it's enough to get them enough because Julius Randle is having himself a season. That boy is balling. And, of course, Drew Holiday is playing great. Uh, And then, of course, uh, it was really those two guys. Everyone else, like, they found a small forward. They trust in Kenrich Williams. Uh, Alfred Payton is finally healthy. He's doing pretty good. They have a solidified bench. Not great bench, but it's something they can trust, you know, regardless. Um, and they've been playing well. They've been beating teams. Uh, that's all they need to do. And they have the number. They're kind of, they have the same amount of wins as the fucking Lakers uh, have at the moment. And if the they Lakers do. think they still have a chance, then the fucking Pelicans have a chance. That's all I'm saying. 
Yeah, they they don't, but <laughs> they're just like the Lakers yeah. don't. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, they won three straight, um, and you know they they they're just kind of out there like we don't give a fuck. We're just gonna play basketball. And props to them. You know, props to them is, is for a number of reasons. One, like not just throwing in the towel and and tanking because um, they could easily do that at this point in time, um, and, and they're not. And so good on them there. Uh, and, you know, despite, like, obviously they, they have, you know, they don't want to play AD um, any more than absolutely necessary, you know, in order, you know, so they don't get fined because um, they really don't want him hurt. Um, but, like, him playing, uh, you know, I I, I think – there's a part of me that thinks that, you know, maybe uh, maybe they could um, play him a little bit more, especially when he's playing well and then you don't play him in the fourth quarter and then you lose the game um, like they did against the Lakers. Uh, but, um, there's you know, there's another part of me, too, that, that's like I understand it. So, you know, whatever. Um, I, that, what I want to talk about real quick as far as the playoff picture, uh, the Kings are – um, currently three games out of the eighth seed. Uh, they did finally get a win the other night, but they are four and six over their last ten. Uh, they hadn't looked great since the All-Star break, but we all knew that was kind of going to be the case. They had, like, kind of a rough um, road to hoe uh, with their schedule yeah. coming out of the All-Star break. Um, yeah. The Clippers, though, have been the really surprising team. They've continued to play well. Um, they won three yeah. straight, seven and three over their last ten, um, and they don't have as easy of a schedule as the Kings down the stretch as far as the teams they play. But they have a, a lot more um, home games than the Kings. Um, they've played a lot more road games to this point, so uh, so you know that that could inevitably help them out. Um, you know the fact that they get to play so much at home down the stretch. Um, but that'll be interesting to see. I, I think the Spurs will make the playoffs. Uh, I think oh, it'll so. be between the – I think so. I, I just don't see them. I They've won three straight as well. I don't see them missing the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I, I just I, – it, I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, I know that's kind of like the, the, the whole LeBron and Lakers thing, but, like, we've, we've seen that team. They've lost three straight. They're three and seven over the last ten. Like, they're, they're just – they're such a clusterfuck that – you know, it's it's it. You could see it coming. Um, with the Spurs, I mean, it's just like they they've been fine. They've got White back now, um, so you know he he's certainly going to help them yeah. out. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I I think they'll make it. I think it's going to be. Uh, do the Clippers continue to win games? And I think they probably do. I don't think the Kings are going to make it. I think the Clippers are going to be that um, either the seventh or eighth seed. Um, I, my my guess would be the eighth. I think the Spurs will fight and get that seventh seed. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the Clippers end up being that, that, that final, uh, playoff team. Um, your thoughts on that, Jawan, do you see that kind of the same way? Are you, are you still bullishly, um, taking the Lakers to, to, to make the playoffs at this point in time or three games been, you know, uh, you know, enough to change your mind and just be like, fuck man. I mean, the motherfuckers lost to the Suns. Like <laughs> Well, realistically, yes. I believe that the um, Spurs and Clippers will probably round it out, uh, round out the playoffs. But the idea, what keeps going through my head is, like, 
I feel as though the moment I'm I'm like, all right, no, 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 Spurs, Clippers, that's it. <laughs> like, they'll go on a run, and then, like, the Lakers will make it, and I won't be able to get back on that bandwagon. Um, so I'd rather die on Love the hill. Love his bandwagon. Um, I'd, I'd rather die on the hill, man. I'd rather die on the hill. I'm just being honest. Yeah, um, I feel you. But uh, I do love – what I love the most about the Clippers uh, winning is that they're in the same uh, – let me not say the same, but they're putting themselves in a situation quite the same that the Knicks are looking at their offseason to where it's like, all right, cool. We don't get the draft pick that we want. We're just going to go all out in free agency. Um, and that's the way they're approaching it. And I think they're doing the, the right thing because what you want to show people that are free agents is that you're all about winning. Like, you're not about taking shortcuts with the, no, sure. you're going to tank so we can get our draft pick. You want to win. Um, and if I'm like Kawhi Leonard or Durant or any of these guys that are free agent, I'm looking at the Clippers and I'm like, they don't have anybody, and they're about to make the eighth or the seventh seed in the West. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's not easy of a thing to do um, because you don't have horrific records making it into the playoffs in the West like you do the East. Um, so, I mean, I, I look at that and I go, I would definitely play, pay close attention to the Clippers, uh, looming free agency. So I'm with their owner who's like, no, let's, let's just keep winning. Even though he's not going to come out and say, no, we're, we're looking to tank. Um, but huge congrats to them as, as a great Marcellus Wiley would say, Clip City, Chip City, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that never ended up happening. Um, but <laughs> I will say this. I think everyone expected not only the Clippers to fall out because of losing Tobias Harris, but also just because, you know, obviously their their um, draft pick is lottery protected, but goes mm. to Boston if they, if they you know, make the playoffs. God, I hate Boston. Um, <laughs> Lucky bad. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know, me too. Uh, but, like, so, I mean, I, I – a lot of us like just expected them, you know, to kind of not only were they losing talent, but they, you know, were were potentially looking at the situation like, well, you know, they're they're also, you know, they 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 have an excuse or a reason to um to you know not want to make the playoffs, and you know I think we just underestimated the fact that like Philly just made them a deal they couldn't refuse, like that's all it boiled down to. I mean that deal that, that that they got from Philly was a fucking just remarkably great deal. Like that that's the thing. Like you can't turn down that deal. Um, I don't care who the right. fuck you are, because um, you had no guarantee you were going to keep Tobias Harris even if you wanted to keep him. Um, so that's right. you know it, you just couldn't turn down that deal. Um, and you know with all the the rumors about Kawhi and all that, I mean yeah that's that's all great and everything, um, but you know. I, I think maybe, you know, looking back at it, that was what it was, and it had nothing to do with them trying to keep that pick. I don't think they really care about it. I think they probably look at that pick, and they're like, you know what, like, fuck it. Like, we're going to have to give it to the Clippers at some point. You just fucking take it. Like, that, you, we'll give you the number 18 overall pick. I don't fucking care. Like, I, don't, I, I don't want the number 14 overall pick that bad. I'd rather make the playoffs. Um, and, you know, maybe try to fucking surprise some people um, if we, you know, draw the, the Nuggets um, in the first round. And, you know, like – or at least give them a fucking series, you know. Um, I don't think very many people would take uh, the Clippers over the Nuggets. I certainly wouldn't. Um, 
but I'm sure they feel confident in themselves. I know Doc Rivers feels confident in himself as a coach. Um, and so, like, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's kind of what that situation boils down to. Um, but by the way, uh, you know, they they do have a luxurious advantage uh, as far as free agency goes because, um, you know, obviously they um, – have several different names to go after Kawhi Leonard, obviously being one of them. Um, and you know what, like what would be really funny? I mean, I would hate it, but it would still be really funny is if they missed out on like all the big names and then they were like, Hey, Hey, Tobias Harris, you want that max contract now? <laughs> and they fucking brought him back. <laughs> and they got all the assets for him and they got him back. I mean, that could happen. I mean, they could do that. That's true. Um, uh, but and like and be like and by the way we'll give Boban like a four year twenty million dollar deal just so you can keep your best friend around. <laughs> like, um, but uh, but yeah, uh, but the other the really interesting thing about them is um, Danilo Gallinari is playing like the best season of his career, um, arguably. Um, but like his oh, numbers yeah, this man. year have been fucking great. He's averaging yeah. almost 19 points a game. He's shooting uh, 43% from the fucking from three point range. Um, like he's never shot that well. Uh, well, actually, he actually did in his very first season uh, with y'all's New York Knicks. Shot 44.4% uh, uh, on 2.6 attempts per game, um, but never with like Love me some Gallo. as he shot as he <laughs> shot that well. Um, he's, he's a 90% free throw shooter. Um, it, my point being is he is the type of guy you want as far as, you know, your, uh, $20 million one year deal that is preventing you from having two max slots. That's the kind of contract that's actually really easy to move. Um, mm-hmm. and Could the way useful. at least the way he's been playing. Um, so it's yeah. like, if we get if say they get Kawhi but they don't get anybody else, great, we just keep Gallinari. Uh and if they get Kawhi and then, you know, KD is like, Man, I think I'd like to play with Kawhi or, you know, whoever else fill in the blank, maybe Jimmy Butler. Um, you know, then they could be like, All right, I, let's shop Gallinari because we gotta move him. Um, like who wants him? Um, you know, call up whoever and say, Hey, you know, we'll give him to you, just take him off our hands. You know, we'll take a late first or maybe a second or two, you know, whatever. Um, there will be teams who will be like, yeah, I'll give you two second rounders for Gallinari, and you don't have to take any money back. Like, I want that guy. Um, so they're they're in a very advantageous situation. Um, and it's crazy to think because just a year ago um, or just at the beginning of last season, they were signing Blake Griffin to a long-term deal that we were all like, I don't know about that. Like, oh, it's kind of scary. Um <laughs> But that's the power of Jerry West for you. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, anything too. else? Uh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Like, like um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean he has. He, I mean he fuck dude. He might make uh, third team All NBA. Like I, I yeah, think it's very good, fucking yeah. possible. Because um, yeah. as far as like <clears throat> the forwards outside of the top five, it the it's fucking wide open. I mean, uh, and. <laughs> You know what? Honestly, like, I, th- there's no way I wouldn't put LeBron James on my third team All NBA. Um, but I think you could make a fucking argument for not having him on there. Like, if somebody told me, 
fuck that. I don't have LeBron James on on all NBA team this year. I I wouldn't be like, you know what? Fuck you. Like he missed a bunch of games. He didn't play shit for defense. Like I mean, I still think he'd be a little crazy, but um, but I think there's an argument there. Uh, but anyway, anybody else want to add any uh, spotlight any of the other Western Conference teams before we move over to the East? All right, I'll take that silence as a no. Uh, all right, well, let's move over to the East. Um, the East is a little more interesting. we got a lot, uh, a lot of teams battling it out for those final few spots. The Pistons have overtaken the Nets for the sixth seed. Shout-out to the Pistons, who I had making the playoffs. Um, yeah. Uh, and, like, not only in preseason, but also, uh, you know, uh, I think two weeks ago when we talked about who we thought were going to make it in both conferences. Um Mm. And uh, so, yeah, shout out to them for for proving me right. They've won that they're eight and two over their last ten, um, so that's impressive. Yeah. Like they've certainly gone on some winning streaks. Uh, so I, you know, uh, been playing well, and like you said, Blake Griffin has been balling. Um, balling, like he's he's fucking he's I like I said making that argument for uh, yeah. all NBA. Like he's he's up yeah. there with anybody. Uh, as far as that, and shout out to Luke Kennard. Last couple games, hey. he's been balling. Mm. What the fuck? Where'd he come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It's about time because, like, yeah. when you draft, when you draft, when you draft a little fucking white dude over Donovan Mitchell, like, you you just hope, like, at some point he'll go on some kind of fucking streak and like make some fucking shots because that's what you drafted. <laughs> um, so. But yeah, like I mean, it's, it's good on him. I I wouldn't have even thought about it. I, I, honestly, I don't get to watch that many Pistons games. So, <laughs> but hey, yeah, apparently, shout out to Luke Kennard. Um, the Nets, uh, they've they've been on a rough streak. They're four and six over the last ten, but they did win their last game. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, they they are finally fucking healthy. Um, so that's good. finally, yeah, um, yeah, because I mean they've been kind of up and down. Uh, but they did whoop the shit out of the Mavs the other night. Um, by the way, uh, for anybody who didn't see it, um, when apparently, and I didn't see it, I just I saw it in a tweet when uh, Luca went to the uh, free throw line for for a pair of free throws. Uh, the Nets fans were shouting Trey Young better, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Luca apparently missed both free throws. So <laughs> uh, shout out to the Nets fans. Uh, thanks for repping the A. Uh, that's that's fucking awesome. Um, it's the first time I've ever, uh, probably probably ever in my life, been like, yeah, all right, Brooklyn's pretty fucking cool. Like, but like, uh, not the city, but like the, the Nets organization. Like, yeah, like I like you guys. You're cool. Um, but um, right. but but yeah, like uh, the the I think the Nets are. I think they're they're as much of a lock um, as the Pistons, in my opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, the Magic have taken the eighth slot away from the Hornets. Uh, Now, ever so slightly, they're actually tied. Um, The Magic have one more win and one more loss. Uh, So I I would still – I would rather be the team in the Hornets situation where I have two chances to win um, you know, to, to make up that ground. Um, but as of right now, percentage wise, it still slightly favors the magic. Um, 
what are your thoughts on the East going down the stretch? Obviously, the Hornets, the Heat rounded out. Um, I think we can roll out the Wizards at this point. Um, I, I just More or less. they yeah. are. Yeah, I mean, they're only three games back of the eight seed, but that's they, they, I don't trust you're, them. You're, you're, <laughs> you don't trust them, and you got two teams in between you and the team that's eight. It's just like the same thing with the Pelicans, man. It's like they just got too much, mm-hmm. too many other teams to be able to make up ground for. Too much ground to be yeah. the only team to make up ground. Yeah. Um, so let's rule them out. Um, but uh, but yeah. So like, what what's y'all thoughts on this Eastern Conference playoff picture and how it's kind of shaking out coming down the stretch? Yeah. Well, I'm happy for the Pistons. I'm glad they've been playing better. Um, they have. They really have. I have to give them credit. Uh, there was scary point there where I'm like, oh, man, they're, they're, they're really not good. <laughs> they haven't earned that spot. But they have been playing really well after all-star break. The Nets kind of struggling recently, and I, and I say fuck them because they've been starting fucking Travion Graham at power forward. He's 6'5", and he's really a guard. Why in the world is he starting <laughs> in the power forward? I don't get yeah. it, and I don't like it, and every time he started, he should lose. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Not that he shouldn't start, just not at power forward. It bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, fucking Magic. Magic have been really playing really well, though. I'm not going to lie. They The last six games, they beat the Raptors, they beat the Warriors, and the Pacers. But unfortunately, they lost to the Cavaliers, the Knicks, and the Bulls. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck yeah. this Magic team is, but inconsistent is one of them. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you that much. Um, so, I, but I, either way, I think the Magic have a good chance of making that eighth seed. They're fighting with Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte's just been so blah. They've been they started really good, and they've been they yeah. didn't really do anything to increase you know to, to enhance the team. Uh, they switched like the starting lineup. <laughs> we, yeah, we kind of did. They disappointed me so yeah. much so often. I didn't trust them. Um, yeah. Uh, every year I've had them in the playoffs up this year. I and... think we, yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't think any of us did. And, like, I want to say at one point in the season they were, like, fifth or maybe sixth. Mm-hmm. But they were, like, they right. were sixth, but they were, like, like, like ahead of the pack in sixth. And I think I remember bringing it up and being, like, hey, did, like, has Charlotte turned the corner, Bob? And, and I think you're – Words verbatim, Joel. We're like, I'll believe it when I fucking see it. Like, we've seen this shit way too many times. Yeah, literally, the last two years have been just like this. Yeah. Not worse. Uh, so I don't, I just don't trust them to make up ground. And then you have, um, they switched up their starting lineup. They they bench Jeremy Lamb. They starting, they moved Batum over to guard. They starting Miles uh, Miles Bridges now. Uh, it's worked out somewhat, but either way, the last ten games are, they're only fucking three and seven, so not well enough. Yeah. Uh, Miami's—they've been playing better. They're finally somewhat healthy. Um, their new lineup with Justice Winslow at point guard and Deion Wade is now starting at shooting guard, and Josh Richardson and they, you know Hassan Whiteside just got back. He's been injured. Uh, Dragic has been in and out of the lineup. He's been injured. Um, the problem with them is they've just been hurt. You know, they, there's a chance they could yeah. get for that AC, and I would love to see Dwayne Wade make the playoff before he retires. So right. part of me would like to see the Heat make the AC, but uh, I, I, they're still hard to trust. Um, they they are playing good. Their last two, they won the last two games, but I mean they have to be more consistent. Um, but I would not be upset at all if Miami, you know, came back and 
pulled it out from under, uh, underneath Orlando. Yeah, the only thing that it would hurt for me is because like two weeks ago I said the Magic would be the team that came out of that group of like four teams or whatever, three teams. Um, I think because I think we all had Brooklyn and I think we all had Detroit. I could be wrong about Detroit. I know we all had Brooklyn. Um, but I actually I think, Juwan, you might have had Charlotte and Miami. I, um, but I could be mistaken on that. Um, but, uh, you didn't have Brooklyn. I tell you that. <laughs> yeah, we all had Brooklyn. That's for sure. No, um, he, he didn't have, but, Brooklyn. uh, oh, he didn't have Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah, he um, Brooklyn. damn, like, I guess, fuck, I guess you just don't trust Brooklyn, Jawan. Uh, well, <laughs> anyway, um, no, I wouldn't be mad at it either. I, I like, I, I would love to see D-Wade, um, uh, get, you know, get to, you know, a, 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 I guess a, at least one more playoff series, you know. But, you know, the thing is, kind of, I guess, but, like, part of me, too, like, as great as I guess that would be, I would almost kind of rather him just, like, pull a Kobe. Because, like, that fucking, that game that Kobe had to end his career was one of the most fucking magnificent things I've ever seen in my fucking life. Like, him dropping 60... And, like, I've never even been a Kobe fan, and I was, like, standing up, watching that game, like, drunker than hell. I remember that. And just, like, beating the shit out of my chest, like, yes, get some, get 60. Like, shit was fucking amazing. Uh, And, like, maybe that would be the kind of better way for D-Way to go out, like, um, you know, go out with a win. Um so like if he doesn't make the playoffs, I think that would be kind of cool, um, you know, for that to happen. It might be even cooler because um, like I don't think anybody would remember Kobe walking off the court in the first round, you know, exiting. But I don't think any of us will ever forget Kobe dropping sixty in his last fucking game. Like that was fucking amazing. Nope. Uh, and, like and shots, that W. But you know. 60 points. Yeah, but like, <laughs> hey, hey, you know, like, I don't think it was quite 60, though. It was like 47. It was up there. Let's be honest. It was up there. Yeah, it was up there. <laughs> it was way up there. I was like, oh, um, shit. No, I thought, that, I thought the funniest shit about that, too, was like the uh, like the post-game interview. They're like, you know, what were your teammates telling you? And then blah, 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 blah. He was like, they were telling me to shoot. And it's like, apparently I've been <laughs> shooting too much my whole fucking career, but like tonight they just wanted me to shoot. But uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm belaboring the point. Uh, yeah, it was (laughs) it was fucking amazing. Um, but uh, and and you know what? I'm sorry, Jawan, but real quick. Uh, the other the other funny thing about that is, uh, like I feel like more people probably remember that night for Kobe dropping 60 in his final game than people remember. That same night, Golden State broke the fucking regular season record of wins. Like, they won 73 games that night. Because um, oh. I was flipping back and forth. Like, I was, like, trying to watch both of them. But, like, I just got mesmerized by, like, fucking Kobe fucking just going off. And I was just like, all right, fuck the Warriors. They're going to win anyway. Like, I'm just going to watch this fucking Kobe performance. <laughs> it's the last time I get to watch him. Um, but, yeah, like, I, see, like, you didn't even remember that, did you, Joel? You're like, oh I no, I forgot. Yeah, no, I forgot. Completely forgot. I was definitely watching yeah. that Kobe game. I didn't yeah, watch it exactly. to break that record either, so I was just trying to avoid watching it at all costs. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 
I actually wanted them to tie it. I wasn't mad though that they broke it. Um, that was when I still liked the Warriors um, before yeah. Jordan somewhere yeah, joined too. them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Jawan, what what are your thoughts on uh, the Eastern Conference playoff picture? I do want to say <laughs> it's not that I didn't trust the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. It's just I'll be damned if they start to look better um, in our city. So th- that was just purely off of. <laughs> Me not liking I the got idea, yeah. Them trying to uh, look Basically better than the next. The I got you. They've yeah, tried. Yeah. They've tried in the past. There's nothing. I'm not worried about. Yeah. That. I still <laughs> think it. I still think it's really funny that two dudes from New Jersey hate the Nets this much. Like, y'all are just like fuck yeah. them. Make it. Who you want? North Jersey. Um, North Jersey. I, I don't <laughs> want anything. I just think it's funny. <laughs> Yeah. I will say it's like cheering um, for the Clippers over here. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. Um, I I will say I do want Dwayne Wade to to go out in the playoffs. Um, mainly because I enjoyed what he did in the playoffs last year. Um, I, I thought he yeah really he did have that one year. game. Yeah, so I mean, what what you were saying before, I don't necessarily completely disagree with, but like if Kobe had a sixty point game. And the playoffs and won just like one of those games against like whoever the number one seed was that year, Golden State or the Spurs, whichever one. Um, I would have remembered that as equal, you know, equally as that one walk off game um, that he had, uh, purely because it's like Kobe in the playoffs, dropping sixty, winning the game, or even hitting a game winner. Um, losing the series would have been something. I would have been like, okay, cool, but at least he had like that superstar moment in the playoffs. Um, sure. I can vouch for you. Where I was completely off on and my playoff pick the last time we did it was, excuse me, um, I'm sorry, I'm looking at these standings and I'm just like, God, in the East, the Lakers and the, and the Sacramento would comfortably be in the uh, seventh and eighth. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Well, not <laughs> comfortably, but. It'd be in the mix. Well, you would you would assume they would have a a different uh, who they were playing around this time would probably be like somewhat different um, playing That's true. Uh, sure. in in the East. Um, but yeah. to to get back to the topic at hand, sorry, I just it blew me away. Um, I'm looking at this in Charlotte is where I'm disappointed the most because I believe last time uh, I was saying I I wanted Kimball Walker to have a playoff experience, like just have a playoff yeah. series where he's balling out, and, and teams are like, you know what, I don't even he's care if I overpay. He's been in the playoffs before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like Remember him and Jeremy Lin and Courtney Lee? They were all in the playoffs together, that one that one run. That's why I chose oh, them two years in a row. Was, I'm like, they have to the make series. it. They were really good that yeah. one year. I remember yeah. that series. It was the series where Dwayne Wade was going up against that fan in in, in the uh, on courtside who had like a green shirt or something. Uh, I, I kept, think like, so. Yeah. Yelling at him. Yeah, that. and Dwayne That's Wade. Was them yeah, up. I think so. Well, I'm pretty yeah, sure you're right. Oh, maybe, 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 maybe. Yeah. I remember that series. Yeah. Okay. All right. I remember that series. Um, okay. Then I, I apologize. I, I I misspoke. I I still want him in the playoffs because um, I, I just enjoy watching Kimba. Uh, and I think that'd be great for him. But I'm looking at My Orlando point. and Detroit. Detroit completely surprised me because I was ready to just say Andre Drummond should retire. 
Blake should just realize like he's never really gonna do anything. Drummond's like twenty Drummond's years good. old, bro. Drummond's good. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's got crazy the stats. because no, it was crazy because every time I told you guys this before, every time I watch Drummond, I was just like it, it baffles me that Drummond is not one of the best big men in the game, but he has yet to evolve his game. Um, he can't what, shoot that yeah, he kind of is. Yeah, he kind of yeah. is. He's kind of like a one of the like best Andre, uh, DeAndre Jordan back in the day. It's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, like like just he he's underrated. He, he's not yeah. quite as good as you know the like no. you know your your Joel Embiid or your Nikola Jokic's. Right. Um, he can't stretch the floor. Yeah, That's I mean, why he's, well, well, shoot. yeah. <laughs> I, I get I get what you're saying, Juwan. Like he's not yeah. one of the best big men in the league. Like, but he's no, right. No, he's, yeah. One of the better big men in the league. Like he's in that conversation yeah. with Stephen Adams, and right. um, maybe to a lesser extent Rudy Gobert, just because Gobert's defense is you know on was another an level. Game last um, year, yeah, he was. Um, granted, the East had like four injuries, and so they had four injury replacements. But he wasted. <laughs> he was one of those injury replacements. Last year was a bad year. Bad year for injuries. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, no, but I will say what Casey's been able to do with, with the Pistons is great. Although I think the Pistons kryptonite every year, uh, as long as they keep them, will forever be um, what's his name? Guy, I can't even remember his name. Uh, came from OKC. Uh, Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson will always uh, yeah. be the kryptonite to that team. Um, just because yeah. the, the guy thinks he's more than what he is and he takes shots he shouldn't. Um, turns the ball over, uh, but as long as they keep riding with, with Blake Griffin and, and De- uh, DeAndre, wow, uh, Andre Drummond, um, they're gonna be they're gonna be pretty good. And who would they play? They play Indiana. I mean, it'd be an interesting series between the two of them. Uh, I don't necessarily yeah. think they would beat Indiana, um, but I wouldn't put. Yeah, it it's gonna be Philly, uh, especially without Oladipo. Indiana, um, Indiana ain't gonna keep that seed. That's gonna be Philly. <laughs> if it is Philly, if it is Philly, I'm gonna love to see what Andre Drummond does against Joel Embiid. Mainly because Dude, I want him to step up. Dude, I didn't even think about that. Like that. Dude, that'd be fucking yeah. great. How I want him to step be? up. They already got that I want him to step up big time. Yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be fucking amazing. Like, yes, let's all fucking cross our fingers for that now, because that would be so 100%. much fun. Like, because that was, uh, I'm, I'm 99% sure. Drummond was uh, the dude who, like, Joel Embiid said, like, t- like tweeted out something about how he re- he rents a space in his head or some shit like that. Or like, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, so, basically. Yeah, about that all that trash talk. Um, so yeah, dude, that would be fucking terrific. That'd be like I would be so fucking down for that series. That'd be a lot of fun. What would be even better about that uh, that back and forth between the two of them is if it's a good series. Like if it's really going down, plus to the you wire got Tobias going games. against the team that traded him to the Clippers. That's another element. Yeah. Yep. So it'll be it'll be yeah, great. Yeah. Um, but last point I want to make before I pass back to you, Nick, is um, I'm really proud of Orlando. Uh, not really saying all that much because it's like <laughs> the, the East records are just really bad. Like NBA needs to work. Yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it's a work in progress. I yeah, heard about work it. Able, I'm about to get real sweaty on you for the last 15 minutes of this yeah. show. 13. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm super proud of, of or, uh, Orlando, and I'm really excited to see what Gordon and Vucevic. 
I think I said his name right. Vucevic. Vucevic, yeah. It's like Doncic. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a slaughterhouse against Milwaukee if they hold that AC. They better pray that they can yeah. swap with Brooklyn because um, this is gonna be bad. Uh, but still, Aaron Gordon and 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 some of those young guys getting playoff experience is never a bad thing. But geez, Giannis is gonna destroy that team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Um, but yeah, I mean, but still, I mean, it'd be it'd be huge for Orlando to make it. And shout out to Jonathan Isaac. He seems to have finally kind of yes clicked. Nick um, had a chance to the, get him, you know, man. Yeah, yeah but you um, know, and you know, he's good. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah. Uh, he didn't have a chance to get him. <laughs> he was the sixth overall pick. Y'all pick Frank at nine. Um, no, so you don't have sure. to get him. No, in the trade. Uh, tra- oh, okay. I don't I, we did a trade with Orlando. Yeah, yeah. so I'm good. Oh. It's fine. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like no, nah, he's he's played really well. Um, he's definitely been uh, solid. He, he, yeah, he seems to have figured out some things. Um, he's he's really versatile. I think he's. Um, I've always kind of liked him. I've always thought like he's got a lot of defensive um, potential, and, and and you know once he figures out his shot, he's going to be really good. And mm-hmm. he seems to have figured out a lot of things lately. So, yeah, um, shout out to him. Uh, but anyway, uh, we got about ten minutes left. Um, so a- a- Adam Silver had uh, an interview with uh, Bill Simmons um, at this year's SAAC uh, conference in Boston. And um, it's like an annual analytics conference that they have every year. Um, and, and, you know, they, they work on a lot of different stuff, but a lot of it's basketball-related. Um, and it was really interesting. Um, we don't have a lot of time to cover it, but they tackled a, a various amount of things um, from, like, player mental health um, was something that uh, Adam Silver talked about um, pretty extensively um, and, and – and, you know, various uh, uh, conversations that he's had with, with players and, um, you know, kind of what they go through on a day-to-day basis. Very interesting. Um, he he also um, talked about expansion. Uh, well, Bill Simmons just kind of straight up asked him about expansion. Like, when do you think that's going to happen? And he was like, I don't know. Um, and he's like, what if you had to bet on it or if you had to guess? Like, what, 2024? <laughs> and he was basically like, I don't, I really don't know. Uh, and so mm-hmm. Bill Simmons posed the question, uh, well, hey, like if, uh, let's say, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a billionaire and I want to, I want to get a team via expansion. I'll give you $2.5 billion to divvy up amongst the owners. Um, and I won't take any of the TV money uh, for five years. And basically Adam Silver just laughed and was like, that's not even close. Um, I think we're not going to have an expansion team anytime soon. I think all these projections about maybe 20, mid 2020s, I don't know, guys. I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to get it. I I think Seattle will get their, uh, their team back, but I I think it'll be via a a move. I don't, I don't see. Yeah, I don't. I just don't see it from from what they were talking about. So that was. I mean, I just. I felt like that was kind of an interesting thing is for him to be that blunt about it to say two point five billion dollars and not taking any of the the revenue, the TV revenue um, for five years isn't even close. It's like, dude, like, it, I mean, that TV revenue probably adds up 
to I don't know, easy three billion, maybe three and a half billion. Um like I mean, it, it, if you're spending that kind of money and you're not even close, like why wouldn't you just try to find the like why wouldn't you just go to the Pelicans uh and be like, Hey Gail, like I know you're about to lose Anthony Davis, blah blah like here, I'll give you three billion dollars for your fucking team that you don't give a shit about. Like you'd be better off just doing that at this point. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the NBA is just in such a good place right now. The expansion, the owners just don't want it. It's not going to happen. The really interesting thing that you talked about, and I'm going to try to get this in as quick as possible so I can get y'all's opinion on this. Um, cause I put a lot of thought into this. So, um, he talked, talked about reconstructing the season. Bill Simmons asked, asked him specifically about shortening the season, um, to like 70 games. And he said, well, you know, we, you know, we thought about it, but. Obviously, there's there's various ways that we could do it. Uh, we've thought about um, having a midseason tournament, and I was like, "Hmm, that's hmm. fucking interesting." Like a midseason tournament, how would that work? Um, so I, yeah. I kind of um, kind of felt like uh, sitting down and, and toying around with how I, I felt like it, you know you could work out a midseason tournament, and this is what I came up with. So I'm gonna throw it around to y'all to see what you think. Um, Essentially, uh, this is how it would work. You would play uh, – every team would play each other twice throughout the, the regular season. So that would equal out to 58 games. So you divvy that up, however, between you know the first half of the season, post-fall, start break, whatever. But that would be like your regular season schedule. would be 58 games. Everybody plays everybody twice. So everybody has the same teams. You don't have like Juwan you talked about earlier, how if the Lakers and the Kings were in the West, you know, their records would probably be better because they wouldn't – they'd have easier competition, you know, that kind of thing. So that would kind of do away with that. Um, and then uh, in the middle of the season, so let's say you play half of those 58 games um, before the All-Star break, and then after those games, you play a 14-game round robin. So you play everybody in your conference. Um, so all the Western Conference teams, you get seven home games, seven away games against all the other teams. Same thing with the East. And then uh, at the end, you have whichever team comes out with after those 14 games, the two teams that have the best record, one in the East, one in the West, end up playing each other uh, to decide the mid-season mid, uh, uh, tournament champion, right? Uh, and... Uh, so none of these games factor into your your regular season record, but what it does do for you um, is if you win the the tournament, um, you get home field advantage or uh, home court advantage throughout the playoffs. So that's your reward. Um, you get you got home court advantage uh, throughout your conference by winning uh, your conference, and then if you win the whole tournament, you get it throughout the whole playoffs. Um, and it, it, and I would say qualifying that you make the playoffs. Like if some by some fucking miracle, say a shitty ass team wins the tournament and then they don't make the playoffs, then it's just it's seated as normal. Um, but I, I feel like that's very rare. Like it's not you know you still you still got to have the best record through 14 games out of your whole conference. So um, and then you know as far as I mean you have 14 games, so seven home, seven away. Um, just throw it in a computer as far as, you know, which games are home and which games are away or however you want to do it, whether it's travel or whatnot. Um, so yeah, but you, like you get all, you get a home court advantage and that'd be like your, your, 
um, reasoning for wanting to play well for it. Um, and, uh, and then you could have that uh, mid-season tournament championship game played All-Star Weekend. Uh, nobody gives a fuck about the All-Star game anymore. Um, so, like, whichever city wins the bid for the All-Star game, you get to host that fucking game. You get to host the mid-season tournament championship game um, to see, you know, which team's going to get home court advantage throughout the playoffs so long as they keep winning. Um, I think that'd be cool. Like, I, I think that'd be really fucking cool. Um, and then the, the biggest obvious advantage to all of this, that would equal out, by the way, to 72 games. So you shorten the game, the season by 10 games. Um, but, like, I think you would get a lot of added revenue um, by having, like, this kind of midseason tournament thing, round-robin tournament. Um, and uh, it gives you an extra thing to add to All-Star Weekend that would actually be fucking intriguing. Um, and um, because you'd be shortening that regular season to you just play um, every team twice, uh, you could actually seed teams one through 16 uh, without having to worry about, well, like the West plays a harder schedule. Like everybody plays the same fucking schedule. Um, so then if you ever wanted to do that, if you ever figured out how to get it done with, you know, the teams, you could seed teams one through 16. Everybody would have the same fucking schedule. So it wouldn't matter. Um, and that would be to me, the fairest way to do things. Jo- Joel, I know you like East versus West, but you would still get that as far as this tournament. But then come playoff time, it'd be one through 16. The best 16 teams make it. Um, is this too much change for you? Um, or would you be down for at least trying it for, say, like a three-year trial interim? And then both um, the league and uh, the players' union and, say, two-thirds of owners would have to agree to have it be implemented permanently what's your thoughts lord of mercy um I a lot to get sweaty. yeah i'm not sure i would have to like read you got a read minute it. by the way like, uh, oh fuck well let's put it this way I'm, I'm all for something new just to try it out so i'm um, sure let's let's try it for three years i like it keep it if not fucking go back to normal <laughs> there you go um Juwan, uh, what are your thoughts? It would change things up. Uh, and for teams that try to build super teams, it'd be a lot harder for that super team to win the championship than it is right now. So it would definitely mix things up for Joel to have his, like, diversity between, like, different teams getting a chance to make it to the finals. Uh, because it'd be a lot harder for, like, Golden State to completely wipe out uh, on their way to getting to the finals because your competition would be a lot harder. Um, so I, yeah, yeah, I'm completely for it. You wouldn't be able to skip over, like, just get lucky every year the way they have. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then like, you also wouldn't have these problems with teams in the East, um, making the playoffs when they don't deserve to while teams in the West don't. So, um, I don't know. I think it would be really interesting. I think it could be cool. Um, I think Adam Silver needs to listen to our podcast and, you know, make uh-huh. his own decisions um because i I mean i think i think there's a a viable way to make that work um but yeah uh, we'll (laughs) uh maybe i'll email bill simmons and see if i can get him to talk about it on his podcast maybe give us a shout out uh but anyway uh fun show fellas uh we're gonna be back thursday 
Uh, Dane will be on tomorrow per usual for Wrestling Geeks Alliance at 7. Uh, and we will see you on Sunday uh, per usual for Geek Vibes Live. We're talking Game of Thrones trailer. It's coming, baby. Winter is coming, and I fucking love it. Uh, but uh, like I said, we'll see you Thursday at 7. Until then, peace. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.